the jar of wine that I that was that was you got me you you greeted me right when I was chugging wine. I got you mid wine. Um, yeah. So, is that like a, a cold wine you're drinking on this extremely hot July day? It is. It is a. It is a cold box wine. Um, <gasps> box wine. Gato Negro. I'm a. I'm a big box wine fan. What is it? there's a big um, there's a big brand of box wine that um, I always used to get in Seattle. Um, and I can't remember the name, but I'm going to try and look it up real quick. I'm on a site called thepennyhoarder.com mm-hmm. and they are looking at what's the best wine. Um, and oh, Franzia, that is the best the box classic. wine. I'm, That's the classic. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to buy Franzia anymore. Mm. It's too, cause it comes in five liter boxes and that is too much wine for me to responsibly That's have access to Too much to wine, man. That's what led me to go viral. <laughs> Sorry. Tweet I, was a tweet I made on Franzia. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna search this real quick because I gotta. Um, I always like to know people's backstories, um, their origin stories, and um, so check from, the wiki. Yeah. Um, Fran- should I search Franzia? No, when I it was um, the tweet I had where that started off the describe yourself as a male author thing. Uh huh. That was made at two uh, thirty in the morning while extremely ripped on Franzia. And did you say? Did you call yourself Jonathan Franzia? Is that I did change my name to Jonathan Franzia for a while, and that led to like because a bunch of people wrote articles about the stuff from that tweet, <laughs> and some people took screen. They had like screen caps. There's like something in like the Times of India with a screen cap of my tweet with my name as Jonathan Franzia. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm there's I'm looking at this observer.com piece and um yeah, wow. Yeah. This was when this this was um oh this was just in April of this year. Yeah, it feels like a million years ago now because everything that happened a week ago feels like a million years ago, but Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you did that tweet. Yeah, okay. I I remember that. Describe yourself like a male author would. Um and then I immediately muted the thread because a bunch of people were responding that I didn't you gotta, care. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. But then um, it was like a, a bunch of articles and a bunch of different uh, <laughs> publications like The New Yorker. And then I, w- I did a BBC radio interview about it. So it was like oh the God. most surreal, it was the most surreal week of my life. I mean, you you have tweets that I've that never done a radio interview about a tweet before. No. And it was with a woman who had just the most perfect voice I'd oh ever heard. Like I got on, I got on the line with her and I was just like, I, I'm so intimidated by just the way you sound. You just sound like, like pure butter. Just that British <laughs> BBC radio is like, it's perfect. Hello. Tell mm. me about your tweets. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm so sorry. And they and the BBC edited me, edited me quite well to remove all my awkward pauses and make me sound like less of a stammering idiot. So mm-hmm. it was an odd week for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, ha, cha, cha, cha. Um, that is, I mean, that's where content comes from now. That's what content from- is, is um, people are on Twitter and they see tweets that do well and they're like, that's an article. Yeah. That I mean, tweet. whenever I see somebody like one of those tweets, that's like, quote tweet with your 
favorite thing? Or like, what was your story? I'm like, this is just going to be harvested for somebody's article. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I still do it because it's fun and I love talking about myself. So, but I'm like, I'm like, I know this is just going to be in BuzzFeed. <sighs> yeah. That's the fate of all tweets, of all successful tweets. Everything to ends up ground up eventually. for the, at the mill of BuzzFeed. Um, and yeah, they're just grist, baby. They're just grist. For the buzz mill. Jonathan Franzen, also the man who wrote the book Freedom, in which, uh, was it that book or was it another? I, think I will confess, I have never read Jonathan Franzia. Well, Fran- I keep saying Jonathan, Jonathan Franzia. Franzia. I, of course, have read all of his many works. And um, wasn't there one in which he just was trying to talk about sex and um, just physically incapable of doing that? Yeah, I think I think it got quoted a lot in the various articles about the male author tweet, his incredibly bad sex scenes. All right. I'm... Um, I'm so there's a slate piece called all sex scenes ranked in order of plausibility. <laughs> um, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So here we are. What had been his diffusely warm world of domestic refuge had collapsed overnight into the hot, hungry microcosm of Patty's cunt, which he still couldn't believe he'd had such cruelly fleeting access to. I don't want to be so dismissive as to say that men shouldn't be allowed to write about sex, but they should have to go through like a training course first. Can I try and change your mind yes. about that? Can I push you into the men shouldn't be allowed to write about sex camp? Yeah, yes, yes. Joey described to her the sleek, warm neatness of her turds as they slid from her anus and fell into his open mouth where, since they were only words, they tasted like excellent dark chocolate. Oh, now I'm convinced. I'm, I've been completely won over. That, that they should? <laughs> I mean, no, not really. It's, I mean, that's sort of a longstanding tradition uh, among male authors, I think. Prestigious male authors uh, don't know how sex happens. Yes, um, I save myself from this a lot by not reading books by prestigious male authors. I just read romance novels and fan fiction where mm-hmm. sex scenes are great. They are, although they have their own problems sometimes. I guess. Oh yeah. Well, the problems are less. Uh, well, sometimes they're just people who don't know how sex works because they're teens writing them, which is really charming. <laughs> like I, I mean, have friends who have like fanfic from when before they ever had sex, and they're just like, and then fade to black because uh, I don't know. I have. I still have um, on my hard drive somewhere the very first sexual fan fiction I ever wrote. Mm. It was about Highlander, the series. Oh my God. And, and I can mostly remember that it involved the word nubbin. Sorry. Um, in what capacity? I believe as a euphemism for clitoris. The dictionary defines nubbin as a small lump or residual part. Hey, nubbin. Uh, Merriam-Webster defines nubbin as something, such as an ear of corn, that is small for its kind, stunted, undeveloped, or imperfect. 
All I remember about that word is I'm pretty sure that's what Chandler Bing called his third nipple uh, in Friends. Oh, my God. Uh, and um, that's incredible, frankly. Uh, what can I... So, okay, wait. So it's the Highlander... You see the Highlander series. You mean the live action one and not the cartoon, right? Not the cartoon. Although, as a side note, I was so I was such a big Highlander fan as a, really? as a teen teen. I was hugely into it. And um, I the cartoon came out and I was just like furious about it. And I actually made, <laughs> I had on AOL, I had an AOL like hate site for why <gasps> Highlander the cartoon series was bad. Oh my God. Went along with my Michael Flatley hate site because I really hated Michael Flatley for now some who reason. Who is? Yeah, that? this is yeah, this is if if you're younger than me, who you might not remember, he was like he did river dance. He okay, like, yeah, okay. I just really hated him for some reason when I was fourteen. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> I had a number cool. of good AOL sites. These are good AOL sites. I had a lot of. I made a lot of very bad websites in HTML, but never had like a hosting thing for them. Um, so they just sort of sat on my computer and, um, didn't really go anywhere. The Highlander TV series ran for six years. Yes, it did. Oh, and my it was God. all, in, it was all in first run syndication. Wow. And I, I'll confess. I never saw season six. That's the one where Duncan cut his ponytail off. Oh no. I was rewatching it on Hulu. I only got through like season two. So. so a majority of the season dealt with Duncan meeting some female immortals whom he encountered and others he didn't. Um, mm. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, now Highlander, um, for those who don't know, uh, it's about a man who can't die, but he can die, but only if his head's cut off. And there are other people like that too. Um, I definitely was introduced to that series very young because my mother was a big fan of it um, because she, uh, I don't know, maybe look like Sean Connery or something, or I think, I don't know, maybe she's, I think she saw them when she was like fairly young, like in her early twenties. Um, and, um, so we watched Highlander and I was like, Whoa, that was so cool. And then she was like, yeah, okay. Um, you should watch Highlander too. And I was like, yeah, totally. And um, at the time I was like, whoa, that was so cool. And Highlander 2, like Highlander 1 is basically like, you know, it flashes back between like Scotland and like Scotland in the past and like modern day New York. And it's about. I just, I just rewatched it like three days ago. Can you sort of summarize? Uh, the I mean, that's, it's that pretty film? much, it's, it's Connor McLeod of the clan McLeod. You have to say is, that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Who is played, played by Christopher Lambert who has, you know, the most, he, he does not have the slightest bit of a Scottish accent because he's a French actor. And then there's uh, in the flashbacks to uh, like 1500 Scotland, you've got Sean Connery who is playing a character named um, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. And he has his Sean Connery Scottish accent and he shows up and teaches Connor how to use the blade and things about, about um, his immortal life. And, uh, it's uh basically the plot is that clancy brown has uh come to kill connor as as the kurgan who's uh wearing a lot of leather pants and punk stuff because it's 1985 Mm -hmm. even though he's like 700 years old and scary and it's the time of the gathering where the last immortals all join together and there can be only one 
There can be only one. That's the important thing. And, and whoever wins, whoever's the last one gets the prize. Right. And when you kill another immortal, the quickening happens where like mm-hmm. you get struck with a bunch of lightning bolts. And I think it's implied that you like absorb their like power or something. Yeah. They're, they're like essence. And sometimes yeah. like windows explode. And a bunch it of looks cars super cool. Up. They spend the whole budget on that. And sometimes it looks really corny. And sometimes the whole Eiffel Tower lights up. <laughs> so end of Highlander 1, Connor McLeod defeats the Kurgan. Uh, has has won the prize. Has won the prize. Uh, this is what I'll tell you. I've never seen Highlander 2 because I've been told how bad it is. D- does it tell you what the prize is at the end of Highlander? It's very vague. Okay. It's like he can he feels the entire world and can like hear people's thoughts and is one with the universe and now he can grow old and die and have children if he wants to. Right. So can I, uh, can I tell you the plot of Highlander too? Do you, I mean, I know it. You know it. Tell me any, yeah, I know. John, I know that they're, they're aliens John now. C. McGinley is in Highlander too. I did not Holy know shit. that. I did not know that. Um, I have no idea who she is or who he is, but okay. So for people who don't know, Highlander two is considered one of the worst movies ever made. Um, basically it's 10 years later. The ozone layer is fading. It's going to be gone in a few months. Millions of people are dying. Connor McLeod's wife dies and he is trying to solve the problem. And he's like a scientist now. And basically what happens is like they create a shield that covers the planet, but um, that makes it like constantly night and um, everything's really hot and humid. And like 20 years later or like 30 years later, everyone is like super depressed and like humanity is like collapsing. And um there's like this huge corporation that rules everything. Basically, Connor McLeod is an old man. Um, he's going to die soon. But then his old mentor just shows up for some reason. It's Sean Connery. And he's and is like, it's alive. Connor, so you much. have to remember your past. And he's like, okay, I remember on the planet Zeist, we're rebelling against the rule of General Katana. And Ramirez, you chose me mcleod to carry out a mission and then were put on trial and sent to be exiled and reborn on earth in pursuit of the prize and the prize is that you can either grow old and die on earth or return to zeist um and that's what a highlander is it's an alien and um there's also highlander three which completely disregards highlander two and I've only seen it once, and it was, I think, the week after I'd had a traumatic brain injury in a bad car accident. So I, so I don't really remember it. It's sort of, I think there's more past moments in it. There's more history. There's also um, Highlander Endgame. One, one of the, they made a Highlander movie that had the people from the series in it. Yes, and that was it. Two. That was it. Um, okay. And one of them is so bad that the creators have decided to, like, retcon it as saying that it was all the events of a bad dream that bad (laughs) i think that might be endgame um it has an 11 percent approval on rotten tomatoes i've definitely seen that one um but yeah it's duncan mcleod and connor mcleod and um i feel like there's some weird thing where they're like keeping a bunch of immortals like in a cave somewhere um and it's not really clear why um and 
Yeah, I don't know. There's like, you have to get more kills than other people or something. The thing about Highlander is that none of them are, are neither, none of the movies nor the series are good. But most, many of them are fun or interesting. But they're not good. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, yeah. Um, they're, Oh, there's like this whole watcher program, like in Buffy, oh, yeah. where like oh, the immortals yeah. go to live in this sanctuary, and like it's it's the watchers who is a secret society that watched the immortals, and they all had their secret society tattooed very obviously on their wrists. <laughs> which, when I was like like thirteen and super into Highlander, my friend Casey would like draw that thing on her wrist. Oh my god! And she was like. She was like, you're the immortal and I'm I'm the watcher. And I was like, yeah. And then I'd get my katana out and I'd go, I'd go swing my sword in my backyard. You had a katana? I had a katana and a sword cane. Oh my God. You had a sword cane? Yeah, it sucked. Okay. Do you, did you get those at like one of those like house of knives stores at the mall? No, we special, my, this is, you know, my mom very much humored all of my dumb idiot everything. Uh, and like special order them from some catalog. So I had the, the sword cane socked cause you had to unscrew it. Oh no. So you could not unsheath that in the moment, but it all, it had, it also had like a compass in the handle and like a, a secret flask and a dagger. And the katana was just a katana and I hung it up over my bed. <laughs> Can I tell you the dumbest sword relating thing? Please. Sort of related thing that I've ever seen in my life. Um, so one of my friends had a sword when I was in high school. And um, I forget if we had just like watched a movie or something where there was like a flaming sword. And it was like, oh, that would be so cool to have a flaming sword. And um, so what my friend decided to do is to spray lighter fluid all over the sword and then use a lighter to set it on fire. Um, but do it in the dark so that you could really see the flames. Uh, no one got grievously injured, I don't think. Um, it, I mean, it was a bad idea. I'm probably someone should have been hurt just to like hit home that this was a dumb thing that we were doing. Um, but I mean, it kind of worked. It, I did go out very quickly, but I think, it was cool for I think like if, with more research we could really nail down that tech. Nailed down that flaming sword. Yeah. The dumbest playing fire thing I did when I was a, a teen was um uh I grew up in Tennessee and uh I had uh, some friends who lived down near a creek and there was water in the creek and uh what they were doing was pouring gasoline into the creek and then setting fire. <laughs> oh my god. It's horrible. At least there's no so, fish living in the sword. It I mean, it looked really cool. Well, yeah. Obviously fire always looks cool. That's its it whole deal. It was, you know, fire on the water. It looked awesome. God. Yeah. Teens teens are bad. Teens love fire. But you have to grow out of it. At yeah, I'm definitely point, growing out of it. Yeah, you have to put aside the fire of a child and um, just take up the things of an adult, which are, I don't vaping. know, vaping, I guess. Yeah, there's no fire, I guess. So that's no teens. I've, I've been I've been firmly told that teens love to vape. So 
God bless them. You know, I mean, that's, you know, teens got to do something. Teens got to do something. And if they're, uh, if they're vaping instead of, I don't know, setting swords on fire, I think that's probably a better scenario. But if you were vaping while setting a sword on fire, that would be cool. Oh, that would be so cool. How cool would that be? That would be so cool. If you had a flaming sword and were just blowing out a huge cloud of vape. Oh my God. And like the, the flames flickered as, as, God, that would Flaming be so cool. sword, vape. That's just going to be a brand of vape. That's going to be a decal for a vape. That is a decal for a vape with the character Scorpion from the Mortal Kombat property on it. Um, there is a picture of a man holding a sword. He's not vaping. He's from Game of Thrones. Uh, let's see someone holding Wait, is this a real sword thing? and vape. Yeah, no, I, um, I can't even find a picture of someone just holding a sword and a vape. Oh, except I can because, um, at, uh, fan expo, not fan expo, com- comic con last year. I saw a Genji from the Overwatch property mm-hmm. vaping, and it was the best thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. Because that character, more than like any other more Overwatch character, Overwatch. would vape so yeah. much. Okay, can we talk about which Overwatch character is vape? I know this is, I'm kind of chomping a bit of McElroy flavor with this one. Um, yeah. With their like, that was a while ago though. So I yeah. feel like. And, and, and who doesn't? And there's a new character. Flavor. So it's like. we. Could, I mean, the, the, I feel like that hamster definitely. That vapes. hamster? That hamster vapes. Are you kidding me? Um, let me get a list of Overwatch characters. They've added like six since I last. Because there's even. Um, I wish they had called the hamster Harvey in reference to the Weird Al song, Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Yeah. Um, okay. So Diva. Does Diva vape? I mean, she's a gamer, so, like, I think absolutely. Yeah, she vapes. I don't think Tracer vapes. I think she's into clean living. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Doomfist? Uh, Doomfist doesn't vape. No, I don't think so. Sombra, definitely, though. Sombra vapes. She's a hacker. Does May vape? May. I don't Maybe when know. She, when, she, when she lets out her breath in the cold, it looks like vape. Maybe that's all vape. Um, Bastion obviously can't vape. Don't be silly. Um, and maybe that's one of the great sadnesses of his. Um, that's why he's so sad. I Winston mean, is too busy doing books mm-hmm. to vape. Chomping peanut butter. Yeah, that's his. I don't know. It's so weird. I, I Winston is like the weirdest character in that game to me. Um, I like the idea, but it's just like. Really, he's like a monkey, but he's smart. But he eats he eats bananas, and then his power is he like goes berserk, like whatever. Overwatch, you've got some issues to deal with. Um, Overwatch has a lot of issues to deal. But with. Uh, Roadhog, I, I think that's just a vape mask. What he's wearing, I think that's just a vape. I, what about Reinhardt? Do you think or no, Reinhardt actually, vapes? I think Roadhog and Junkrat don't vape. I think they just rip, like they just have like fucking fat ass blunts like just just the yeah yeah that that checks out they don't vape reinhardt um he might be too old for it yeah yeah i forget when overwatch is supposed to take place is well is reinhardt a millennial oh oh that's a good question because it's in the future yeah in the very vaguely defined timeline slash plot line that that mm-hmm. is overwatch 
I've played Overwatch all of twice. Yeah. But there was one weekend I it was um last I spent last summer unemployed and I think it was just like, well, I've got nothing else to do. I'm gonna figure out what Overwatch is about. And I spent a weekend just like watching all the shorts and then reading the comics and then I just like shoved my my fists into my computer screen to dive into Tumblr. And I came out with some knowledge. Yeah, I mean the great thing is you don't have to actually play the game. <laughs> I played it twice. It was um very confusing. It's um I mean it's me. a, by all accounts a good game. I just um and I keep whenever they release a new character, I'm like, "Oh, this is a cute game. I want to I want to play it." Um but then I'm like, "Oh, no, I actually hate this. I hate to play this with my hands and my eyes yes, because it's- I just lose a lot and get mad and um why am I doing this to myself?" Lucio vapes. I think he probably does. I think he probably does. Um, Symmetra, no. Widowmaker, no. Mercy, no. Mercy, no. Moira, yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm really sorry for anyone who doesn't know anything about Overwatch, but just like search Overwatch characters and look at the pictures of them. You don't even really need to know their personalities. You can just kind of tell. McCree obviously does not vape because he just always has a cigar in his mouth. But the trick is, the thing is, it's not actually a cigar. It's just a big piece of licorice um, Mm -hmm. because he's never smoked and he's never seen a horse and um, he eats dirt and he's gay. Yeah, these are the facts about McCree. I have uh, I've read the texts and I can prove it mm-hmm. on a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know these things to be true. Hanzo doesn't vape. Hanzo doesn't vape. You Maybe got that? He used, Maybe you got he that right. Used to vape. He used to, but now he's got those robot legs. Can't vape anymore. Can't, can't vape anymore with robot legs. Wait, does he have it, robot legs? Or does I, he just have robot boots? I think he just has robot boots. Yeah, he's got robot boots. And does he have a robot arm? Or am I thinking of... Um, uh, no, I think just, he's, he's just got a, he's all got a man. Titty out. He's not robot. Uh, Genji, on the other hand, is like all robot. All robot. So, naturally, he's one big vape. He is just... <laughs> he's a human vape. <laughs> but when I saw that guy, um, the Genji cosplayer vaping... Um, I'm going to see if I can find that and send it to you right now because that was just like, I was like, started screaming when I saw him and was like, can I take a picture of you? Please, please, please. And he was just like, yeah. Um, and um, yeah. So uh, I got a little excited, a little overexcited maybe about that. But um, I've only ever been to one con. Oh, I've, I've been to two cons in my life. One was a, Star, Star Trek convention when I was 11 mm-hmm. and I ended up on the news and then I went to FlameCon last year. Wait, what, what was on the news? Me, me, my 11 year old ass. I went to the Star <laughs> Trek convention in, in Nashville and uh, Majel Barrett Roddenberry was the guest of honor. And I went with my mom and like, she, she naturally bought us some, um Vulcan ears and put them on <laughs> and I had a little I had a little pin that my mom bought that said Starfleet delegation Vulcan delegate and I put that on and then I went to there this I'm realizing like in retrospect this was you know small 
small convention, but they had like a like a free drink and snack table mm-hmm. you could just avail yourself of. And I was was pouring myself a a Coke, and I realized a camera was pointed at me. And as was my want, I arched my eyebrow because I was like, huh. And I was a sassy little 11-year-old. I was older than that. I think I was like 12 or 13. Right. Um, and then I, as I, as I arched my eyebrow, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be on the news. And then that night I was. I was in, the, <laughs> I was in the, the, the B-roll of look at these nerds at the Star Trek convention. That is incredible. Oh and back God. then, back then I was like, oh, I hope none of my friends see. Whereas now if any, if that happened, I'd, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like, guys, look. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, be the first to retweet it. Uh, amazing. Uh, Skype, how do you work now? It's all different. It's all okay. changed. I want to send you. Genji's, I, I, just, I got something. I just sent a screen cap of the chat, which why would anyone want to <laughs> do that? Uh, Oh, here we go. I found the button and I'm going to send you a link to my tweet um, where I saw Vaping Genji. Oh, I love, I love Vaping Genji. It's a good costume too. It's such a good costume. God, it was so good. So good. That's, I haven't been to many cons either. I mean, like, I think I went to like a Star Wars one as a kid just to like, but not like an actual Star Wars convention. It was more just like, a bunch of people selling like new and used Star Wars toys. Um, I mean, and... you know, for some smaller, I, smaller things, I think that's what passes. It's like, I don't, I don't remember at this one Star Trek convention I went to as a kid, like Michelle Barrett was signing autographs, but I don't remember any panels or anything, or maybe it was just that I was 12 or whatever. And we didn't go to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, going to the big ones now is like kind of wild. Like going to Comic-Con was just overwhelming. It was like so big and just like so many people, so many ricks, a fair number of Deadpools. Um, um, there's always going to be some Deadpools. Oh, uh, you're always going to get some Deadpools. That was the thing about FlameCon is I don't think there was a single Deadpool. Tell me about FlameCon. Uh that's the it's the uh QueerCon mm-hmm. in New York. That's happens in the summer and I went for the first time last year and I I went in my first uh experience cosplaying <gasps> because I realized I was like I have just in my closet I have stuff to pull together and Angus McDonald from the Adventures Zone <laughs> costume the boy detective the boy detective hello sirs and so I pulled that together and you know got on the subway and went to a Brooklyn Marriott dressed up Fine. like a cute little boy detective <gasps> And it was like, it's, it's such a nice vibe. Like everybody's very polite and everybody smells good. And everybody's <laughs> like t- telling you how it's, it has such a positive vibe as everybody's, you know, selling beautiful gay works. That's amazing. Yeah. And I didn't, I ended, I also ended up not going to any, any panels or anything there. And I just sort of like ran around and looked at stuff and had people it kind of it kind of gave me the cosplay bug, but I'm too lazy to actually. It's so much work. It basically, if you want to do it well, it has to be like your job. Yeah. Well, not well, went, but like if you want to go the full mile that some of these people do, it's like that's like amazing. Yeah, and I was there with a friend who's like is a serious cosplayer, and you know she was sort of my my buddy as we <laughs> as we walked around and we've talked about. I was like, oh, next year we should have like a like a pair 
thing. We were talking about doing like a, um, uh, like a femme Gaston and LeFou because she's very <laughs> tall and I'm very short. But I, I think, I think, I think FlameCon this year is in like two months and I don't think that's going to happen. It's pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Um, it's in like Times Square this year, which is Oh my God. Wild. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to pour some more of this. Uh... Yeah. Pour some wine. Oh, I love that sound. Now my cat's coming up here to investigate. Mm, it's my cat's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. What's your cat's name? Ramona. Happy birthday, Ramona. Yeah, she is um, seven years old. Oh, happy birthday. Wait, seven? Yeah, seven. It's like, I how, how, how are you that old? She looks just like a baby still. Um, like she's so dumb and she's like, has just such a big baby's face. Like you're seven? You're an adult. You better start. You better get a job. Yeah, I don't know how old exactly my cat is. She's either five or she's eight. <laughs> Not six or seven. Yeah, because well, when I adopted her. They were like, she's they. She has her name is Emma, and she is an angel, and she is the joy of my life. And um, when I adopted her from Brooklyn Animal Action, which is a wonderful organization that um, does fostering and rescues cats in Brooklyn. And uh, her backstory was that she was previously owned by a 56-year-old woman who died suddenly. And then she was taken in by animal control. And the, a pet sitter for this, this woman who passed away said that she was four. But animal control, they age animals by how their teeth are. And she had really bad teeth. So they said she was seven. So I think, I think at my vet, they have her down as being seven. But I, I think she's... Yeah, she's probably in there. She's she's lazy, and she and she got she got I I got her I made her fat, and now now I've been trying to make her slim down a bit. Oh, did you hear that little chirp? Yeah, that was so cute. <laughs> He's a special guest. You oh. have two guests. <laughs> yeah, my cat is. I think she's off outside because I just let her go out now because we have an enclosed backyard that she can't get out of. Oh, nice. And um, she's just, like, so happy. I mean, it's going to be a real pain in the ass in the winter um, when I can't just leave the door open. But I might yeah. just, like, take her out sometimes in the snow, and then she'll probably just be like, fuck this. I'm going to stay inside. <laughs> <sighs> There's an internet image that I like. It's a, it's a picture of a of the snow, and then there's, like, a single cat print in it. And the caption is, the littlest nope. That's very cute. <laughs> Now, I can't I can't ever let this cat ever go outside because she has no teeth. Oh no. Yeah, they took out all of her teeth. Yeah. So she's she's toothless, but she still oh. killed a mouse. <gasps> wow. Yeah, there was Good one night. It, it was the first year I've only had her for um like a year and a half. And it was in with like the first six months I've had I had her. And uh she wasn't quite sleeping in the bed with me and she didn't want to quite come hang out in the bedroom. She would come to the bed and like walk all over me and meow. And so I would often shut her out of the bedroom, but it was like two 30 in the morning and she was suddenly meowing a bunch. And I thought I'm going to close the door so she doesn't come in and walk on me. And I opened the door and I looked down and I go, that's not a catnip mouse. That is an actual mouse that you have <laughs> killed and brought to me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'm going to deal with this. And like, while I'm peeing, she's batting it around and I'm like, oh no. But then I was very proud of her. 
She continued that night to bring me like three more catnip mice because she was just wild on the high of the kill. What a He's good a little cat. killer. What a killer. The biggest thing my cat has ever killed is like a housefly. <laughs> She's so bad. We used to have mice at our old place and like she never caught one. Um, she's just not a great hunter. Um, she's even let, letting her outside. She hasn't like caught anything and brought it to me. Which I'm like, I kind of wish she would. Cause like, I know most people are like, Oh, but I would just be like so proud of her and like pretend to eat it. And like, <laughs> just be like you're so good. I did see Emma. And it was like middle of the day. I was sitting on the couch <laughs> and she came marching in the room with something in her mouth. And I was like, that's not, a, that's not a toy. And it was an actual mouse, but it wasn't dead yet. And like, I watched this, this full on battle just in, go out in my living room floor with like the mouse hiding in the tangle of wires I have around like my router and my PS4 and stuff. And then Emma staring it down. And at, at one point it escaped and I was like, and I literally pointed and said, it's right there, get it. <laughs> and she turned around and then it eventually, it eventually got away, but not without some wounds. <sighs> you tried <laughs> you'll get you'll you'll kill you'll kill again i'm sure you'll kill again i got a fly in my apartment right now and i hope she hunts that down she's gotta start start pulling her weight yeah i know it's like you live here you live in this house you're an animal <laughs> that lives in this house like and you're just what providing me companionship and joy that's not you can't get paid for that you got to pull your weight. This is capitalism. You got to provide a service. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to provide any service, Emma, I promise. <laughs> you, get a, you get a baseline wage of pets just for existing. No. Oh, that's very generous of you. So I was thinking about when we were talking about cons earlier about how I was so embarrassed to have been on on tv in spock years Mm -hmm. when i was 13 and then like as little as like it was you know maybe 10 15 years ago i was mortified because when you searched my name my full name on google in the first page of results was a fan fiction i'd written (gasps) A, it was on the Sakura Lemon Fan Fiction Archive. <gasps> and so if you if you searched Whitney Reynolds, it would be like like a couple like there was a like a, a couple of lacrosse players and somebody and then me and this fanfic. And I, I like I would regularly search my name and then click on all of the other hits trying to get it to push it down. And <laughs> you know, this is when I was this is when I was like 23. And I was just like mortified by this thought that somebody that I worked with or knew in the real world would find this fic I wrote about uh, Vincent Valentine and Professor Hojo when I was 17. <sighs> and and it's it's so interesting how the world has changed. Both the world has changed and, and I have changed that now I just, like, if you read my Twitter, I clearly don't give a fuck. I'm just like, I'm going to talk about, it's like, the, the world is dying. I don't care if people know that I have you know an archive of our own account whatever google me what you know <laughs> google me motherfucker although now now if you google me there's a uh, chicago area tv host who has who has my name 
So she has totally fucked my SEO. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. God, I hate that. I hate when someone just comes in there and horns in on your SEO. Yeah. I mean, you don't even, you don't even get my, my Twitter. Oh, no. You, you get like some, some stuff from like an old job. I'm going to see what know. happens. I'm going to try this. I mean, I probably will get your Twitter because Google knows that I've looked at your Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, no, I do get the Whitney Reynolds show. Um, yep. And then Whitney Reynolds Wikipedia. Your Twitter is actually the fourth, fifth down for me. Um, but oh, again, it is now. But oh, I guess... Google probably does know that I have looked at your Twitter before. Yeah, I mean, and I guess I haven't Googled myself since I, well, as we talked about going viral earlier, I went, I gained like over 3,000 followers in like wow. three days. I went, I went from like 2,700 to like 6,400. And now it's been very gratifying to watch that number slowly, slowly drop. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, fuckers, you didn't yeah. realize what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't even know why people followed me off of it. Because it's not like I made any of the funny jokes. I just said the instigating remark. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I don't, I don't understand the logic for why people follow people off of viral tweets. Okay, there's there's one there's at least one other okay there's there's two hits oh there's my patreon there's one i wrote for l hmm yeah it's mostly it's mostly that bitch in chicago <laughs> that's too bad i'm really lucky to have a name that literally no one else in the world has um well my my that's why i have like the twitter handle i do is whitney arner and there are no other Whitney Arners. Mm, that's yeah. that's my middle. It's my middle name. <sighs> well, that's. I mean, you got to do whatever you got to do, right, for that SEO. Yeah, it's just it's. I used to care so much about what people found about me through Google, and now I'm just like whatever. Yeah, I think that's a healthy attitude to have. I mean, I still do kind of care, but. Honestly, most of what comes up when you search like Merit K within like the last few weeks, like if you search like time sensitive stuff, a lot of stuff about like a school called like Merit School that's a K to eight school comes up (laughs) or like real estate listings come up because like, yes, it is a unique name, but also it doesn't look like a name. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean... It's, you know, SEO is complicated and um, we should all be hiring SEO experts to um, manage Op- our optimize lives. Optimize our lives. Optimize us. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, uh, when I was out of work last summer and I was um, applying for jobs, I did think, I was like, oh, should I lock down my Twitter while I'm searching for jobs in case somebody searches me and finds my Twitter? Or should I like change the things that I'm saying? And then I was like, you know what? I know I was like, I want a job, but I don't think I want a job from somebody who would not hire me because because <laughs> um, if they don't like what I tweet, they're not going to like my whole your shit. brand. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be what they want in any case. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I just realized like with with my online presence. I mean, I, I've sort of like switched on my online presence a bit. I used to be a lot angrier online and mm-hmm. I realized that, um, that there are a lot of things that it's very, you know, legitimate to be angry about. And those things I will express anger about, but I've tried to check the ways that I deal with my anger and like, 
um, especially in relation to other people who are online, because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of behaviors that people feel like look really righteous when they look kind of unhinged. Yeah, you um, you and I definitely agree a lot about how, I mean, yeah, there's tons to be angry about these days and there's like tons to, you know, it it feels good to to vent that, but sometimes you're just adding to this this fire hose. Yeah. Of, and like, I know anxiety. And... I know like quote tweeting someone to dunk on them can like make you feel good, but like, it's just bringing that take on someone else's timeline. And like, if you have to just reply, I mean, you, I mean, you're trying to dunk in public. I get it. But like, you don't have to do that. Like you can do other things. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Think of think of the psychic distress that you're causing other you, people. By yeah, your... exactly. Think of the ripples in the pond. You know, think of the effects on the time stream. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so that's, we could all do that's why you know, in these in these troubled times, I've tried to keep my my Twitter as kind of like an oasis, sort of, and people seem to enjoy that. that yeah, I mean, I just alternate between like extreme bullshit and then occasionally i'll post something like earnest and people will be like Haha. and um what's the joke and i'm like <laughs> oh no there is none it's just that um trauma is a real thing that exists like uh <laughs> yeah so that's pretty funny i guess um but uh yeah yeah i don't know twitter um yeah let's get off twitter do you want to move on to the only segment that we do on the show Yes. That segment is called Get Wrecked. Get Wrecked. <laughs> it's so good. The name is just really good. And I wouldn't say that if I had come up with it. Um, my friend, friend of the show, Michael DeForge, came up with it some time ago. Uh, and we've been running with it ever since. So it's a segment where we recommend things to our listeners. And I always like to leave it up to the guests. I like to give you the freedom of choice. Um, even much, although much like a game designer, um, you know, it's just sort of, I've created the confines within which that choice takes place. You have the choice either to go first or second. You don't have the, the choice to not to make a recommendation. You don't have the choice to, um, you know, turn invisible and, and sneak past the guards. This is, you know, it's an either or, but it does make you feel empowered, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and go first. I have a recommendation. Um, my recommendation is a YouTube channel called Townsend's, hmm. which is, um, it's run by, uh, uh, it's a guy named John Townsend and he runs a company that is also called Townsend's and they sell 18th century replica items like hmm. clothing and, and cookware and all this stuff for historical reenactors. And he does 18th century cooking. Like the catchphrase of, of the, of the channel is savor the flavors and the aromas of the 18th century. And I'm really big into cooking stuff and especially like food history. And he's this, this guy, John is just the most enthusiastic, excited person. He's so happy to be, to be bringing this to you. And and he's always wearing like his waistcoat and his tri-corner hat. And he's absolutely adorable. And to, to, to talk, and you know, he will cook a recipe that's, you know, from, an 18th century cookbook and then, you know, eat it. And it's, it's absolutely great. And I also love that, you know, they'll go to different historical sites and, um, not, and it's not just, um, focusing on the, uh, cuisine of like 18th century European colonizers that it's like also doing 
uh, Native American cuisine or like queen cuisine of, of, of enslaved peoples. And it's really, if you like history and you like food and you like just charming, relaxing YouTube people, it's very great to just like put it on in the background while you work or to just like chill out for a while. So Townsend's, the YouTube channel is my recommendation. That sounds great. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend another pastos thing. That's what I call people from the past, pastos. Um, <laughs> it's a book that I think I actually talked about on um, our now concluded podcast, Dad Feelings. Um, I did an episode on the main character and it's a book called Wolf Hall. Uh, have you read this? I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. So it's by Hilary Mantel. It won the Man Booker Prize, um, won some other awards. And it's basically about the life of Thomas Cromwell, uh, who was Henry VIII's, um, like, close advisor, lawyer, um, basically was instrumental in, at least in this telling, in um, dissolving Henry's marriage and basically instigating the break from Rome, um, which sounds really dry, but Hilary Mantel, first of all, her prose is like incredible. Second, she's written so many books about like terrible men and like really tyrannical periods in history. She did one about the French Revolution where like, I think two of the revolutionaries are basically like played as like being in love, but they're just both terrible. Everyone's terrible. Um, and Wolf Hall is about Thomas Cromwell, who the book kind of paints him as this guy who like, you know, his father was a blacksmith and like incredibly abusive and he ran away from home and then like, like became a soldier and like a servant and all these things and built up all these skills and then comes back to England, um, you know, serves the uh, Cardinal Wolsey. And um, when Wolsey is basically like taken down by Henry because Henry just decides he wants all the church's money and also Wolsey like won't give him a divorce. Um, he just like basically kills him. Like he strips all his possessions and like sends him in exile. Um, and then Cromwell goes to work for Henry. And it's like, you basically get to watch this guy who like comes from just like the lowest of the low, um, just like work his way up by outsmarting and working harder than like all these other people. Um, so in that sense, I think it's, it's actually kind of a similar sort of story to Hamilton. Um, mm -hmm where it's just like this, you know, this guy who's born into really bad circumstances who just like sort of by just being a lot smarter than like all of the nobles and people that are around him and like all the rich people, um, he just manages to like get into really high positions of power. So there's the first book, Wolf Hall. The second one is called Bring Up the Bodies. And I'm recommending these because uh, the the final book in the trilogy is uh, it's called The Mirror and the Light. And I it's a apparently supposed to be finally coming out next year that will have been seven years since the sequel oh. was published um and 10 years since the first one was published so like i really hope it does because these are like some of my favorite books um like you could talk you'd argue about how accurate the depictions are obviously there's quite a lot of research but she definitely paints him to be really sympathetic and like almost have modern sensibilities when it comes to like the way he raises his daughters um but he, they're just really great characters. Um, it's a character that you can really identify with because he doesn't like, you know, he's not like strong. He doesn't have magic. He just, um, just outsmarts people. 
um, which is like my favorite kind of protagonist. I can't relate to that at all. I've never asked anybody. <laughs> Me neither, but like, I wish I could. <laughs> yeah. I can like aspire <laughs> to it. Um, so the mirror and the light, obviously like, you know, what's that ending going to be? Who knows? Anything could happen. I mean, maybe he'll run off on a unicorn and not die, <laughs> but you like definitely know how it's going to end. Um, because Cromwell spoiler, um, sort of suffers the same fate as everyone does under the reign of this terrible idiot King. Um, he gets executed. <laughs> um, and I joked recently that, um, Wolf Hall could be called, um, eight simple rules for dating my, um, my terrible adult King. Um, because it's really just him trying to manage Henry's ego and like maneuver him, like maneuver these like women who he suddenly becomes interested in when his wife doesn't like please him anymore. Um, and Henry is just horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're really good books. They're super long, but I find like they, I breeze through them because the prose is so good. Nice. Yeah. So that's my rack. And that about brings us to the end of the show. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug before we go? Well, I do a podcast with yes. my friend, my friend, Mark Poffham. Mm -hmm. It's called, I haven't seen that. And, uh, the story behind that is Mark and I met on Twitter and we really hit it off and we were, you know, friends for a couple months and we were like, we should do something together. We should do a podcast. And we decided just, we were just going to, you know, without a con without a concept or anything, record a first episode. So mm -hmm. the very first episode of the podcast is our very first conversation ever. So wow. So, um, and now it, we've been doing it for, uh, almost four and a half years and we had, we had guests for a while, but, uh, since he had a baby, we don't have guests anymore. And it's just right now it's, uh, people like it cause it's just sort of like, like this show, just two pals chatting and, you know, and theoretically we're talking, you know, about things the other hasn't seen. You know, I'm, I'm telling him all about stuff he hasn't seen. He's telling me about, about stuff I haven't seen. And we're educating each other through each other's ignorance. Or sometimes we're just talking about how the subway in New York sucks for 15 minutes. And people say it's like just listening to a couple pals chat and it's very relaxing and soothing. And it's called I Haven't Seen That. And you can find it at IHaven'tSeenThat.com. Twitter is I Haven't Seen. And it's on, you know, all the regular podcast place, places. That's awesome. And your personal Twitter is? Whitney Arner. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Uh, not Whitney Reynolds, which is not Whitney Reynolds, <laughs> that other person who we don't care about here. I'm sure know, she's I great. Even, I don't even, I don't even want Whitney Reynolds because Whitney Arner is, you know, it's my brand. Yeah, exactly. You've That's what I have all own. my logins at. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has that username. Yeah. It's yours. You own it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was so thank much fun. I can't fun. believe Skype says like the last time you talked to someone and our dad feelings episode was over a year ago when we talked about Frasier, which if uh, you all there haven't listened to it, uh, the dad feelings archive is still up and is staying up in perpetuity. So you can go and listen to that episode of dad feelings in which Whitney joins me to talk about Frasier. Yeah, it was uh, a pretty early episode of Dad Feelings. I think it was. Yeah, it was like in the first like 20 probably. And then you started getting like these high profile guests and I was like, ah, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're great. You're high profile. There, You've, you know, you have that tweet. <laughs> yeah, I have a tweet, man. <sighs> you're great. It doesn't, profile isn't an indication of anything. <laughs>
you know, they'll, they, yeah, some people, you know, like New York Times columnists have like hundreds of thousands of followers and that does not mean anything. And you were described as a noodle purist by the New York Times. So yes, I was. Yes, I was. I will need to know context for that, but maybe we can keep that. We'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, maybe next time I'll for tell you next time yeah the noodles <laughs> great the well, new no- the noodles the new york times made famous yeah well thank you again so much and i hope you have a great night with your cat and your wine and i will talk to you later all right thank you bye bye Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>